Thankful for that anchor, that rock that we can build our hope upon and stand steadfast and sure. Amen. Greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, those both here and online, we pray God God's richest blessing upon you and may He speak to your need. Brother Murphy will be speaking tonight and we're looking forward this morning rather and we're sure looking forward to that. Just as a side note, there will be no more Sunday morning services at the camp. And um, you can confer with the brothers as to how they're going to move ahead with that in the future. Let's sing, Have the Preeminence in My Life. <clears throat> Key of E-flat, I believe. Have the preeminence you desire in our thankful for his grace to us for his power in our lives praise god maybe we can stand together we're just gonna shake off these heavy bands and warm ourselves up in the presence of the holy ghost on this cold morning praise and worship to our god no matter what the circumstance it doesn't really matter god is the same the same yesterday today and forever and he is worthy of our praise Hallelujah. 
Oh, I just love to praise the Lord. My God is awesome. My God is awesome. He can move mountains. Keep me in the valley. Hide me from the rain. My God is awesome. Heal me when I'm broken. Strength where I'm in weakened. Forever He will reign. My God is awesome. 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 My God is awesome. He's awesome. 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 My God is awesome. Savior of the whole world. Giver of salvation. By His stripes I am Today I am forgiven, His grace is why I'm living, praise His holy name, my God is awesome, He is awesome, 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 you this morning Lord we love you Lord Jesus we thank you Lord Jesus we praise your holy name Lord for you have been awesome in our lives oh God you have done great and wonderful and marvelous things Lord Jesus oh and father we thank you that you are the same yesterday today and forever you fail not oh God oh but your power is real Lord you are real, Lord. You are real in our lives, O oh God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I've been having this song go through my mind while we're standing when he reached down his hand for me. Start with verse 1. Once my soul was astray from the heavenly way and was wretched and blind as could be. But my Savior above gave me joy and love when He reached down His hand. Amen. 
Thank you, Jesus. I just have one prayer request here from our brother, Sir Roy. Brother Gilbert, uh, could I ask you to come and lead us in prayer? Uh, brother Serge writes in, please pray for my daughter, Catherine, who is going for surgery on Wednesday. So we just want to remember that need. And if you have a need this morning, we can make it known by a lifted hand. And our God sees every need and supplies her every need. And we're thankful for that. Amen. pray Lord God of heavens we come to you once again this morning Lord it's always an honor Lord to come in your presence Father especially where the saints of like precious faith are gathered and everyone Lord with their light Lord and a need and a yearning for you Lord and we know that when we desire you, you always come. So, Lord, looking at everyone, Lord, with a need, with a yearning, a longing, we can be sure that you are here, Lord, to meet our needs and to answer to the yearning in our hearts, dear God. So, Lord, we can rest assured that you are here, Father. Lord, if you are here and where you are, but good things happen, Father. Lord, we, we repent of our sins, our unbelief, our failures. Lord, as we sit at your feet, Father, our eyes looking at you, Lord. Would you look our way, Father? Lord, remembering Brother Branham when he was when he was praying and he saw that vision, Lord, and he said, When you looked at him, it was never the same, Father. When you turned and looked, Lord, it was never the same. Lord, this morning, will you turn? Turn your eyes, Lord, and look at us, Father. May our eyes meet your eyes, Father. May there be a change, dear God, in our hearts. Lord, we have need. We have our loved ones, Lord, that are in need, Father. We have this need that has been written by Brother Sage, dear God. Someone in need of a surgery. My own dad, Lord also to undergo surgery, Father. We bring these requests to your hands, Father. You are the great surgeon, dear God. Great Jehovah. Go, Lord, Father, and be with them, Lord. And as the surgeons attend to these needs, dear Father, may that great surgeon be there in the present. Be present, Father. Grant it, Heavenly Father. We commit all things to your hands. We are just in great anticipation. Father, we love you and appreciate you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gilbert. You can have your seats this morning. While Brother Gilbert was praying, I just thought of a little course. I had it written down here. I'd just like to sing it together. He's speaking on or praying about turning our eyes and our the Lord's eyes and looking at us and just to look into the face of our Lord.
Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things on this earth will grow straight. Tom, good to have you in our midst again. Pray God will continue to bless you and strengthen you and heal you. And we're looking forward to when you can stand behind this desk and minister. Looking forward to hearing the word of God coming through the vessel. God bless you richly. Maybe we could sing together a congregational number. We haven't sang for quite a while, but we know it all real well. Leaning on the everlasting arms. What a fellowship. What a joy divine. What a place to be. Leaning on the everlasting arms of God. Amen. Oh, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in these times, these conditions, than to be leaning on God's everlasting arms. His word, which is faithful and true, unfailing, will never pass away, will not return unto him void. Oh, praise God. Those everlasting arms. Oh, my, what an anchor. Hallelujah. What a fellowship. What a fellowship. What a joy divine leading on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness. What a peace is mine leading on the everlasting arms. I'm leaning safe and secure from all alarm. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way. Leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how bright the path. Peace with my 
Hallelujah. Sheltered in the arms of God. Amen. <clears throat> so let the storms rage high, the dark clouds rise. They won't worry me, for I'm sheltered safe.
invite our brother Murphy to come and get ready to minister unto us. <clears throat> We're looking forward to it. As he comes out, maybe we can just sing, Let me walk with you, Jesus. So let me walk with you, Jesus. Don't back to the house of God again and every time we come here it is always a privilege uh, because we don't know when is the next time I think this is uh, especially when we come to an end like this it just uh, makes us more uh, desire to want to get together to worship the Lord to uh, prepare ourselves already for the last of the moment before we leave this earth and aren't you tired of living on this uh, condition in this world like this but you know, it doesn't make me discouraged. It just makes me more yearning and longing for the homecoming time. We're so desired to be with our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and I want to greet you here uh, in the building here and also um, uh, on the camera. Uh, no, not on the camera. It's uh, at home and uh, watching the monitor and stream the service. And also the brothers and sisters um, on the U.S. side. We really, really appreciate all of you. And to um, join together with us, uh, if you don't mind, let's just stand. We are turned to the scripture. Thank you for the musicians. And uh, thank you, Brother Nathan. Uh, there's uh, so many things that we can be uh, so thankful. Uh, let's turn to the um, uh, book of Isaiah, chapter 53. Uh, book of Isaiah, chapter the 53, and um, it's, it's quite a lengthy uh, scripture, but uh, I think this is a, uh, this is most astounding scripture, and also uh, most, um, to me, this is the most beautiful picture. This is the masterpiece that the Lord has a strike, and for you and for me. Let's um, uh, read uh, 53, let's uh, read from verse 1. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow it up before him as a tender plant, 
and is a root out of the dry ground. He has no form nor calmness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is a despised and a rejected of a man, a man of sorrows and an acquaintance with grief, and we, and we. We had hide as it were our face from him. He was despised, and we estimated him not. Surely he has borne our grave and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions; he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes. We are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opens not his mouth. He was taken from a prison. And from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him; he has put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul. An offering for sin, he shall seed his seed; he shall prolong his days, and he ple- and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. He shall seed of a travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, what I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide a spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul. Unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Let's uh, uh, turn to a book of Revelation, chapter five. Just the last scripture before we see、um, Revelation chapter five, verse one. Revelation chapter five and verse one. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with the seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, "Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof?" And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much. Because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, "Weep not. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof." And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood the Lamb, as it had been slain. Having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirit of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. 
May the Lord bless his word. Let's bow our head and have a prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, as the prophet has said, this is the most sublime things that can ever happen in the scripture. Lord, no man can do this. No angel can do this because it takes a kinsman. Lord, it takes somebody that's able. It takes somebody that's willing. But it also has to take a kinsman to human. And you become that kinsman, Lord. And you come and slain and broken and smitten and stricken. But Lord, you're the lamb that take the book. How we thank you, Lord. Tonight, this morning, we can sit over here, can enjoy the the privilege that you give it to us. Enjoy the, the rights that you claim to afford us. All because that sublime moment that you took the book. We give you all the thanks and all the glory. Lord, I just pray that your spirit is taking control of this service. And uh, no matter if it's people that are sitting here at the visible. Or that the people that are invisible. That are sitting in their room, in their living room. That eagerly want to hear it from the word of God. They're not to coming to hear for the man's word, because a man's word will achieve nothing. But Lord, that they come to hear the word of God. They come from one word of you, as I prayed to Lord this morning. Just one word from you, Lord, it will satisfy us. Just one word from you, you will solve the problem. Just one word of you, Lord, you will deliver people. Just one word from you, you will heal people. Lord, we give you thanks. We come here to worship you in truth and in the spirit. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And as we uh, read to the, uh, the scripture, book of Isaiah uh, 53, and he's talking about uh, uh, Jesus Christ, who was stricken and uh, smitten. And, um, you know, the Lord, uh, when the Lord do anything, he must have a purpose of doing it. He wouldn't um, just um, bring the person uh, into a trial or into um, a condition. It seems like um, they're going through a rough time. It seems like they're uh, they're going through the time of smitten, almost like. And uh, but there must be for a purpose for it. So when God is taking Jesus to him, that is for uh, for the redemption. Is for because the lamb has to be slain, that he has to be uh, uh, smitten. Uh, so in order for him to uh, become a, um, a redemption or sal- uh, salvation or the sacrifice, and for his children, and the which is us. And then we uh, look at the scripture in the book of Revelation, and we just read in chapter five. But Abraham says uh, in the seals, he said that that's the most sublime things that in the scripture. Uh, and he come to take the book. But we have to understand that before he can take the book, he must be stricken. Before he can take the book, he must be slammed. He must be become a bloody. He must become a total mass. He must become a such a, and the, no beauty that we can look at. And so the one he was like the, the dry com, a root coming from the, uh, coming from the ground. He going through all of that is to take that book. And then he has the right he become a legal owner, can take the book. And if the Lord willing, I would like to speak on that. He was a stricken to take the book. And if he was a stricken to take the book, what about us? We have to go through the same thing. In order to take the book, eat the book, and prophesy that again. But I probably won't be able to say the second part. I'll just focus on the first part in, uh, in this service. 
But that the purpose for him to take the book is because of the right has been lost. And that our, uh, our um, uh, ancestor, um, Adam, um, because of the Eve, because of the giving the, uh, the face of God to the reasoning, and he forfeited the title deed, or the rights, or the privilege, or the blessing, or everything, the dominion over the earth, and then everything he forfeited to Satan. And Satan become the owner of it, but he is not the legal owner of it. If you use the prophet's words, he's to be just the squatter of this, this whole earth. He's not illegally owned, though he acts as he's the legal owner of it. When he uh, makes you sick, he acts like he has a rise to it. But you have to remember, he doesn't have a rise to it. You are the legal owner. But you have to realize that without taking the book, you cannot even realize that. You would try to fight, you would try to do this. That's why the, the people, they tried to, the, uh, the, the doctor, it happened. That's why the hospital, that's why the vaccine, that's why that everything that went on this earth, it's because they didn't realize that we do have the rights for everything the Lord has provided to us. God used the doctor, God used the hospital, God used the medication, God used the vaccine. As I think the brother Ken Nandy has a, a preached out, we pray for them every day. We pray for them for them to have the vaccine for, uh, uh, for this, uh, for this COVID. We pray for the doctor. If without the doctor's uh, delicate hands, our brother Tom will probably won't be here sitting here. Is without the surgeons, their delicate hands, and then they put to the skin, and they graft it all together. Brother Tom won't be sitting together. We're thankful for the doctor. But do you know that, that that's not the legal way that the Lord wants? Well, the spoken word is the legal way. To believe the word of a God, that is a supernatural God on behalf of us, to take it, our whole body back to the normal condition. That is the legal way. That is the perfect way that the Lord will give it to us. And you see, because the Adam has forfeited the rights that the Lord had given to him for the reasoning of Satan. That's why the whole earth is one into the chaotic condition. And the whole, all the things that what we saw that are happening on this earth, no matter how good it is, how beautiful it may be, no matter how seemingly that we enjoy the match, but not one of these things on this earth is in its original condition. Because the things can go away, because the things are passing. The winters come, the leaves, though as beautiful as it can be, but it's not in their perfect condition. Because the tree is dying. Because they, but it's speaking of the resurrection too. Even in that it's the worst condition, he still declare that God is the controller of everything. Still declare that God is the almighty God. But every creature, creation, they're dying, they're, um, Longing to for that a perfect condition. And because they're not in their perfect condition, so that's why they're striving for. Because Adam has a forfeited the rights. The earth went into the chaos. Brother Branham said in the sixth seal. And he said, look at it. Not only here, but to the world over. The thing is polluted. And the world, the nature, God have mercy. The whole world in his birth pen. The world is a trying. She's a travailing. Isaiah said, what's the matter? She's in trying to bring forth a new world for millennium. Instead of trying to birth a new world for a new people that won't sin and polluted her. That's right. She's in travail. 
That means she's in struggling. The worst is struggling. People are struggling. They try to want to be good, but they don't know how to be good. The church wants to do good, try to help people, but they don't know how to try to help the people. And they try to use all kinds of ways. Yeah, even that, uh, you, you look at the church that are around us, I don't think they go to church. They open up the church just for doing the bad. They put the Hollywoods that are in there. It's not, not means they try to do, but they try to attract people. They try to put people into the sanctuary, but they just don't have a, something that is good, something eternal can make a benefit for them. So that's why they grab here, they grab there. This shows what? It shows the struggling. Shows the people, the Christian world, they're travailing. Just like the world is travailing. But thank God, God gave us a message of this hour that has an answer for all of that. If people can yield to them, God gave us this message is to bring us back to the normal condition. Bring us back, Sister Tusi, to the perfect condition that God has created for us. But if people, they can receive that, the world will become a turn into a different world. If people can receive that, the problem will be solved. But people don't receive it. But there are a group of people, they have better revelation of a God. They saw this is our only answer. This is the only cure that for our problem. He said, that's right, she's in travail. He said, that's the reason that we are in travail. Christ to bring forth the bride. Everything is in travailing and the groaning. And you look at what happened in this earth, on this earth. It seems like, uh, you know, the, when we look at the, the chaotic condition of it. But when you look at the, the chaotic, it doesn't mean people want to do bad. I think that people, men in their heart, they want to do everything they can, try to solve the problem. The politicians, I don't think they just, uh, uh, I don't think that we try to, uh, maybe to some people that paint them in the evil picture. But I don't think that in their heart that they want to mean evil. They want to help the country. I don't think that Trudeau wants to just ruin the country. I don't think that Mr. Trump wants to ruin the country. They mean good. But they just don't have the means to making things as good. So they do everything they can. But they don't understand all the things that the people are doing. That on this earth is just patching up. They try to patch up the old world. Instead of the Lord want to give us a new world that we're living in. You look at the, the church they try to do. The, all they try to do is just try to patch it up. Try to up the old things that uh, has to be done away with. The way of the, the dissolve to solve the, the problem the Lord has is to give us a new heaven and a new earth. He's going to renovate the whole thing that again. It's not just a destroying it. Destroying it is for the purpose to have the new again. So when the world starts to patching up and there, you look at all the, the earthquake, the, the forest fire, and the, uh, the, the unstable of the politicians and the things, all those things that happen, you only show there's something behind it is just working. What is it? It's not just the destruction of it, but it's the new world is coming. It's the new heaven and new earth that is calling for. It's the, that's the, the new world that the Lord that is bring on is coming. It's getting closer and closer. It's the, not so that it's a, the earth is going through a birth pain. And the, the, the people are going through the, the birth pain. And you look at the, the marriage life, the, the, the people, all the, all the, 
the psychology, all the books and the everything, all they do is just try to patch up. And they try to patch up their marriage life. Try to give you, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that. And to the patch up their marriage life so that your wife will love you better. So that your husband will love you better. Your children will be more obedient. They have the tons of thousands, millions of books. And all they do, if you can use the two words, just patch up. It's just a patch up the whole thing. But all the things that we needed to do is that that whole thing died out. And that the new birth coming out. And that that will solve the problem. When the new life coming in, that will change the people's nature. That will change the people's desire. And then the people, you don't have to teach them, just educate them to be a new, to be a good citizen, to be a good person. Then the life that's living in them will automatically start to generate a new life out of them. So we're not to try to patch it up, the believer. We're not to try to patch up the people. We're trying to give them the message of this hour, the life that's in there, the transforming power that is in that. When a person receives that, that transforming power will gradually changing that person. And then when we uh, realize that, you'll find out it will save a lot of uh, uh, use of this effort. It will save, save a lot of uh, struggle off it. When a people, no matter it's the young people or it's the, or it's the older people, where it's not sort of coming to the church, or sitting or streaming the service, or listen, listen to the message. It's not just to try to patch up the old person. It's not just to try to reform a person. Make you a little better. You know, make you obeying better. Make you more listening to the word and, and a change, just to let your life be you know, changed a little better than you used to be. It takes it a total die out. And that is the God's way to do. And then if the person, oh, you know, actually it is not so because how much effort you put it in, you try to change yourself. You can never change yourself. It's just like the leopard try to lick the spot. It just make the spot is more obvious. And it's not so that sort of try, uh, you know, you try to, you know, I, 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 I gotta get her myself together. I'm gonna pick up myself together. I'm gonna do better uh, this week. And then uh, you're right. You only last about a week. You only do better for a week. You said, I will do better this month. I will do better this year. That's the longest you can go. That's only you can do. But you see, it's the seed that is in you. What is the preaching the word for? To let you understand there is a seed right in you. There's a power living in you. The desire that in your heart is already show there's a different life that is living in that person. When you give your, yourself to it, when you're listening to the word, when you're listening to the preaching of the word, to the message of this hour, it constantly telling you, you are my child. You are my seed. I have a power that in you. It's not how much you can work it out. It doesn't how much decision that you try to make. But there's a power living in you. Yield yourself to the dealing of God. And it's to some people, maybe just as simple as simple can be, pack your Bible, book your reservation, come to sitting in the congregation. That's just as simple as it can be. And for what? And not just for to put up time. Because by doing that, you yield yourself. Say, Lord, I'm open myself to you. Lord, I know I'm not in my out to be. But Lord, I'm available. I'm here. 
You can speak to me. You can correct me. You can say I'm a child of a God. Lord, that day is the day that you expose myself. Not expose myself to be bad. You expose myself. There's a seed living in me. I think some people maybe are free to come to the church because they're afraid to, to get rebuked. Who did that? Murphy? We're trying to say you are the child of a God. You are the sea gene of a God. It's not we try to see. The word is saying that to you. It doesn't take Brother Tom to say it, or Brother Tim to say it, Brother Murphy to say it. The word of a God has said, you are my eagle. You are my eagle. I'm coming to search you. I've already bring you here. I will bring you to the heavenly place. He's working on that. And let me say this to you. Even you want to quit, you cannot even quit. Does the Bible said if we believe not yet, he abide faithful. It's not you holding on. There's a seed there holding you. The seed of the life that is in there, it must come out. Even you try to stop it, and it won't be stoppable. My wife is not here. I, I'll say that again. I kind of like my wife is not here, so that he doesn't, she doesn't look at me. I, I got a, I got it restricted. It's not because she can't come. She, she wants to come, but somebody's uh, flipped her finger too quick. You know, when we're having our children, I won't say to who's that. And when we're, when we're, when my wife uh, was pregnant and was uh, ready to give her birth, and uh, in a hospital, first she saw, hey, this is not too bad. You know, just get to the hospital and go over there, sit on the bed. And the, the doctor said, okay, just go walk. So she walked and, uh, and I, I was holding her and she said, hey, this is not bad. You know, this is, this is good. This is actually quite easy. So, but after a few minutes, and then the, when the, when the pain started to come, the birth pain started to come, that is like a hell's fall broke it out. And she was, she was screaming and not screaming. She was just crying and, and, and minutes after minute, hour after hour. And my wife, uh, well, I have to, that's our first baby, you know. <laughs> and my wife just said, I said, honey, I cannot bear this any longer. He said, I just can't do this. He said, I quit. <laughs> and you know, I was so foolish. I thought, I thought, I literally think she's going to quit. So I said, honey, please don't quit. I said, honey, just, just, get, just a few more, just, just bear, just please. You know, just, just take, just one more hour. We're going to go through. This is not we. This is I. Yes, this is you. Just, just bear it. Please don't quit. But then later on, I realized, how can she quit? She cannot even quit. The birth is, is coming. No matter how you try to quit, it's not that you are quitting, but it's the life that is the pushing out. You are the child of a God. No matter how you said, I quit. I just don't want to bear this any longer. I just cannot tolerate this anymore. But there's a power. There was a life living me in there. They said, no matter you want to quit, but I'm not quitting you. It's not a you're holding on, but there's a life was a pushing force. It's not how much we try to hold on, but there is a power that's in there. It's a pushing you, you into that position. 
And we're thinking about how many people that even in the Bible time and they try to quit. But there is something that's in them that cannot be quitting. And you look at it, Peter. And when, uh, when all those people, there was a, a living uh, Jesus, and the 17 left on them, and the thousands of uh, the left, uh, left, uh, left of Jesus, and Jesus said to Peter, and said, uh, do you want to go too? To all the disciples. But Peter said, to whom should we go? Give me a person. Give me a church. Give me a society. Give me a book. Or give me a million book. To whom should we go? Because why? Because he said, you alone have the word of the eternal life. That was an attracting what Peter has to go through. And Peter, even when he was so discouraged, and he come to the point when Jesus was, uh, was nailed on the cross, and he, be, and he said, uh, he rejected, uh, said he, uh, he know Jesus. And then he, uh, come out of the, going out of the house and then repent. And even, uh, when, uh, that one time that uh, he, he just come to the point he just can't bear any longer. Then Peter just say, you know, I go, I go fishing. And Peter has another word of a quitting. He's not said, I don't believe in the Lord anymore. Well, I just do something else. You know, I just, uh, this is just too, uh, too much to bear. This is just too much. I just cannot go any longer. But I won't say I'm not a believer, but I'm still a believer. But I just uh, put God into the secondary. I just go for fishing. I'm just going to do this. I'm just uh, going to do that. Isn't that a depicting the some of the people that we're going through now? But as Jesus left him, Jesus never left him. And there's a still, there's a seed of living in Peter. No matter how he tried to quit, he said, I go fishing. But as soon as he saw Jesus on the shore, what he said, that's of the Lord. Who's the first? Still the Peter. He girded himself with some, with some clothes and in his loin and dive into the water swimming to Jesus. And there's a something that is living in Peter that he couldn't quit. Is that a him that's a creator? Even his flesh, he said, I quit. I'm going fishing. I'm doing this. I do that. But there was a something living in Peter wouldn't have led him to quit. And as soon as the God made himself the real again, as soon as he, he saw Jesus on the shore, should he dive into the water and swimming to Jesus? I would say the probably the same thing to the believer of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we're thinking, you know, the people, they're weak and they don't do this, they do, right? And they don't do that, right? You think of all the disciples. When they look at a Peter, when, when Peter get on the shore and saw there's a fire, saw there's a fish, and the, 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 the Jesus was making the breakfast for them. And then what Jesus say to Peter? He said to Peter, he said, do you love me more than this? He said, Lord, you know I love you. He doesn't understand. He doesn't have the revelation yet. But even in that point, Jesus said, you feed my sheep. You feed my lamb. Let's, let's picture this. Think about all these disciples. What are you going to think about the Peter? Peter, feed my sheep? Are you kidding me? Lord, he said he'd go fishing. Lord, during this COVID, I saw him play Angry Bird. And he got so angry about a bird, he said, I'll go fishing. He said, I can't bear this any longer. I don't know what is the latest game. What is the latest game anyway? 
man, you're way smarter than I thought. As they said, you know, how are you going to let him to feed your sheep? Let him to feed the lamb. But Jesus doesn't look at the flesh. He doesn't look at the weakness that he went through. He looked at the seed that he had put in Peter long time before the foundation of the world. He doesn't look at how weak you are. He doesn't look at your pretty angry bird, angry bird or angry fish or whatever that is. He was looking, there's a seed that even in there. Even if you're in your weakness, even if you're in a child, even if you're in a time, like Peter said, I go fishing, I'm quitting. But there's a something living in the believer who will never let him to quit. But it's the world that the people, they're going through the burst pan. When did the burst pan happen? You know, it's not just some. It's not just, as I said in the beginning, it's not just making the destruction. But when the burst pan was happening, it means that there's a new world is coming in. And when God putting the people through this burst pan, no matter if it's from the circumstances, from the situation, from the things that you're going through, just like the world are going through the travail, the believers is going through travailing time too. But all the traveling is to for the new birth, is for the life that's living in the person to come it out. And that's why you find out we're constantly in the battle. Or if I should say we're constantly in the, in the birth pen, or in the, in the contraction. And that's why, you know, the parents, they're fighting for their children. And the, the church was fighting and for the believers of position. And to let them to um, um, come out from their uh, their old uh, condition. And coming to closer walk with the Lord. And that uh, when, when, this, uh, when we have the flesh and there is a life living in there. It was always a conflict battling from each other. And that's what caused this birth pain. Because the inside of the heart, the believer, the desiring for to have a closer walk with the Lord. But on the outside of the flesh, it was a constantly pull you down and drag you to a different direction. But, uh, but the key is to realize the one that is in you is greater than the one on the outside. It's not just the, some people try to become a positive thinking, try to encourage you for that. But you literally possess a life that is living in you. That life has more power than anything that Satan can put his influence on. And as long as you yield yourself to the world, to the word, to the dealing of the Holy Spirit, you'll find out that life was constantly growing. And when the life was constantly growing, it makes the birth pen become even more severe. That's why you find that the believer, it doesn't, the battle doesn't get easier. Sometimes we're thinking, when I get more mature, when I end the message 10 years or 20 years, the battle get easier. Actually, it's the opposite. The battle getting harder and harder. That's why sometimes when a mature believer stumble, he, uh, he stuns people. 
It shouldn't. They make mistakes just as anybody make mistakes. They become weak just as anybody will become weak. Why? It's not because they are weakened. It's because the battle become more ferocious than ever. And it used to be they just a smoking, drinking. But then the small little things in our life become a big battle. I want a battle become a so, so hot. Some people, they can snap. Some people, they can just almost come to a nervous breakdown. You look at what Elijah went through. Who can be more mature than Elijah? But a maturity and an insanity is almost just one, one thing line. And he was walking on there. He was a spiritual. He was in the heavenly realm. How can I deny that we believers, that you believers, that you've been with God. You've been walk closer with Him. You've been on those heavenly places. You know what God means to you. You know God has transformed you. You know God has changed you. You know God has done the supernatural things that in your life, no matter young or old. But that doesn't make you immune from the influence of Satan. That doesn't immune you from you can stumble. You can become weak. You can sometimes don't know how to handle the things. You can sometimes literally shaking that in your boots. Lord, why this happened? You think about it too. What uh, caught Elijah is not something that, that a big super things that happened to them. It's just one woman's threat. He already killed 400 prophets. Chopped them like they're chopping the watermelon. Just one after another. And he caught fire coming from heaven. And he was a challenge all those bells of the prophet. But just one woman's threat. One anointing left in him. But you say one anointing left in him. It doesn't mean that God want to distract Distract you. When the trials, when the difficulty, when you stumble, when sometimes when a weakness is coming to you, it doesn't mean that God's displeasing you. It just means there's a new level of your walk with the Lord is on your way. For Elijah, God has to put him back to the cave. God has to let him go through the nervous breakdown he has to go through. It's because God wants to steal small voice that make himself become more personal to Elijah. Then he sent an angel down to feed him. Then he sent an angel down to stroke in his head. Then he feed him again. Said there's a long journey before you to walk. You have to anoint Elisha. You have to anoint Jehu. And you have to do all the rest of the work. It just means more work doesn't need to be done. But before the more work needs to be done, God will never let you to go through the burst pen. So that's why for the believer, when he went through what he went through, when they uh, going through the rough time or the dark time that in their life, it doesn't mean that they backslide. It doesn't mean that they do things wrong. Though maybe the people were thinking of looking at it that way, but all they look at is only the surface. But they never saw what is the groaning and the desire that in that believer's heart. Outside the flesh doesn't mean anything. But what is the inside of the believer's heart? God knows their heart. But Abraham said in the bridge, he said, no, the only way you can groan and the wait for it is because there has been new life coming in here that speaks of 
of a new world. The travailing, the birth pen that are going through, it actually shows there's something crying in the believer for perfection. They're groaning for a total deliverance. It's something in there was a calling says this is not what it ought to be. They have a desire for the Lord, a longing to walk closer than with Him. But they have to go through the things that they have to go through. And in the breach, Brother Bram said, Adam turned loose the world and sold out. He lost also his inheritance when he lost his fellowship and a right to the life. And when Adam was in the, the Lord had given him the dominion that over the earth, that over, oh, he can call, he had a right to can call the tree and let a tree move and let him, if he doesn't like uh, the mountain, he can uh, let a mountain move. But then when Adam forfeited his right, that a Satan had to possess of it. But you see, Satan is not the legal owner of it. The title deed that come back to the hand of a God. And for us, for the believer, no matter what the situation is at, but you see, you are still the legal owner that for this earth. Because God intended to that is the earth and to give it to you. No matter is it manifested yet or is not manifested, but you are the legal owner. Because you are the legal owner before the foundation of the world. Though Satan, though Adam has forfeited it, but a title deed still in the hands of God. And the Lamb has redeemed that title deed, and then they give it back to you already. Though the title deed is in the hands of the believer, but you see the earth doesn't, hasn't, hasn't changed uh, much. The, the world is still the same, same old world. And it seems like there's still the things that's going on. The worst things are still that happen. So when the title deed or the rights or the life of God that are living in a believer, it doesn't mean that God automatically, all of a sudden, change the whole surrounding that are about you. You're still living on this old earth. You're still living on this flesh. You're still going through the mind, the mind uh, battling. All the things are still raging wars that is tried to against you. But what is the victory? It's depending on what you look at. The victory is depending on, do you realize you are the legal owner? If you realize that you are the legal possessor of it, then Satan cannot have a dominion over you. No matter what the trick that he tried to do, but you are the legal owner, possess every blessing, every right that God has given to you. And then you can enforce it. Policemen for this earth is because there's unlawful criminals that are around. Otherwise, there's no need of a policeman. Holy Spirit, that is the policeman. If there is a no, if everything was settled, everything is good, there's a no need for the policeman. But because the, the, we're still living, if I can compare, this body is like a criminal. You have to bring it into subjection. But God gave the Holy Spirit to you. By you receiving the word, that is what the Holy Ghost is coming here for. It's to keeping the law, it's to enforce the law. 
It doesn't mean that everything will be easy, everything will be a flowery. But you have the legal rights. Because you are the legal owner, you can make the policeman, the Holy Spirit, to enforce whatever the law, the Lord has said was a blessing, the Lord has given to you. If there is a sick body, you are the legal owner of the house. Then you can send the Holy Spirit as a policeman and bring this body into subjection. If you are children, that is the one wayward. It's the one to backside. You are the legal owner. Adam lost the life and he lost the inheritance in the life. But by receiving the word, you gain back the life. And you also gain back the inheritance that's in that life. And that of your children is your inheritance. And you are the legal owner of it. When you are the legal owner of it, you can enforce the token that said, Lord, I want you to bring my children back. And you are the legal owner of it. And the Holy Spirit as the policeman will bring them back. But Adam turned loose the word and it sold out. And to get back the life that he was sold out and the inheritance that has lay in there is by believing the word. That's the only way for a believer to get back to life. And the inheritance that is uh, together, that's in the life. He, Adam surrendered his face to the word. And to the reasoning. And for the believer to gain back. is by faith. To believe every word of God has said. Believing is not something that is complicated. Believing is not something that you have to get a supernatural something. Uh, that's a, literally you have to pull up your socks and try to get a moon. That's not the way. Believing we're not trying to make him an easy belief. But believing the Lord, it is, it is not a complicated thing. It is a, it just says in the book of the Acts as it says, and that you believe and baptize in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's not something that is that we have to write in hundreds of the books and try to make you to do. No, that's the, that's the simple thing that a person can do. Just like a programmer said, you can have a put in the key and turn on the car. Just turn turn on the key and open up the door. It's something that you already possessed, but it's the only thing you never used it before. And all you have to do is just use the key to open the door. Believe the Lord when the word has been preaching and in the heart of the heart, with a sincere heart, that you can say, "The Lord, I do believe your word." And then when you believe the word, you act upon it, act as a believer, then keep on believing. It's not just to try to, oh, I, you know, oh, it doesn't work it out. Faith, the, 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 the result will only last when your faith will keep on acting. Even Brother Bram said when in the masterpiece, and before that I had a private interview with the sister Bruce. And so then the sister Bruce, she's a golly sister. And Brother Branham said in a masterpiece afterwards, said, you know, there's a sister, she, he didn't mention the name. He's a golly sister. 
you know, loving the Lord and everything. But he just said, you know, Lord, I just, Brother Branham, I just don't have a, an experience of the Holy Spirit that I can put my foot on. And she was to try to, uh, you know, try to get something physical, physically, or in the body, or in the, in the emotion that he can, she can try to grip of. But then the prophet had just given a simple sentence. He said, it's not, he said, it's not that. He said, all that it is is what your desire is and what you try to be. I have no, no doubt of any person that in this building or in the, uh, watching the monitor that in your home, no matter how young you are, or how old you are, that you are coming to this church, you believe it is the message, no matter how weak you think you are, but the things that are in your heart, what your desire is. I'm sure that desire is, Lord, I want you. Lord, I want to live a life that is closer to you. And that's what you try to be. And that's what your desire in the heart. God is looking at that. When you're having that, that shows that there's another life that is living in you. But Abraham said in the first seal, he said, he forfeited the book of life for the knowledge of Satan and lost his inheritance. Lost everything and no way for redemption. Adam cannot bring himself back. It takes another force to bring him back. And when we're lost, you cannot bring yourself back. But only taking another force to bring you back. And Abraham said in the breach, he said that they're groaning because they want to get back to their original states. It's in the heart of the believer. Or the person, if that's in not, not in the what it ought to be. The desire to get back is already show that you are a different category than the Satan's, the people in the Satan's Eden. They don't want to back. But for the believer, when they're lost, they're not in their ought to be. They want to come back to the original state. And if you want to come back, the Lord will have to provide a way for you to come back. And the key it off is, for the believer, if I can help you out, when you're in the trial, or you're in the difficult, or you're in your weak moment, or, or you're in the confusing moment, the thing that's for you to do is to check in your heart, Lord, what is my really wanted? Forget about the influence of the world. Forget about the temptation that you fall into. Forget about all the outer words or whatever people have said. Check it into your heart. What is the deep desire that in my heart of the heart? If that's in the heart, in the bottom of a heart, and you say, the Lord, I don't want all of that. That in itself has already given you the foundation to tell you that you are the children of God. Because if you're not a children, there's not going to be a groaning that is even in there. Why God has to renovate the earth? Why God 
has to bring the plant life, botany life, back to its original condition. Why God has to bring the animal life back to its original condition? Why God has to bring the, the ocean fish life back to its original condition? Why God has to bring everything that was lost on earth back to its original condition? Because the Bible said all creature groaning. All creature desiring. All creature in their heart said, this is not what it ought to be. I am not in my ought to be. This is not right. That's why God provided a way for them to go back to this original condition. If there is a backslider here, or in the house, if there is the one that has to confuse, if there is the one who don't know if you are a son and daughter of a God, that's why I said go back to your heart. Why are you groaning? Why when you made a drink, you said this is not it ought to be. When you have another party, you have a fun, you have a, so much of fun. And after you get out of there, walk on the street, and you're setting your heart, what am I doing here? Why? There's a groaning. If there's a groaning, God must provide a way. All creatures are groaning. Because they're a God creature. Satan doesn't groaning. Fallen angel doesn't groaning. But God's creature groaning. If a body life is groaning, what about the children of a God groaning? If the animal life is groaning, what about the children of a God groaning? If all those life God provided away, said, I will run of it. I will restore. All the Satan has taken away. I'm the legal owner. I take the book. I give it back. To those people, that is the groaning. All creatures are groaning. And all believers are groaning. If you are groaning, God has to provide a way for you to go back to your original state. Though sometimes the things that happen to the believer, seemingly almost like a God is punishing you. Seemingly like all the situation that around, we're thinking, Lord, if I'm a believer, how in the world I can let a, such a small thing just stumble me? If I'm a believer, how in the world I can just like the, literally, I, I know that's the devil. I know that the Satan's tricking me. How in the world I can let him to trip me into it? You're still living in this flesh, but you're groaning. As long as you are on this earth, before the body change, you were groaning. That groaning said, "Lord, this is not all to be. Lord, there is a new heaven and new earth that you created for me." Lord, there is something that you made. It's not for the Satan's Eden. It's not for the devil's children. But Lord, you made a provided way for the children of a God. I don't want all of them. And many times, you'll find out that the believer going through the birth pain. But when you're going through the birth pain, it's not God trying to destroy you. It's not trying to humiliate you. 
But Lord, that let the believer go through that. It's to give them a shock. It's giving them, let them go through the shaking time. So that it will shake down. And then it really checked what is in their heart. And then the life to spring forth. In the birth pen, Brother Bramman said, but in order to get a life in the baby, he was talking about when the baby was a birth. He said, you gotta give him a spanking. And then make him yell out. He said, and there you are, that's what happened. It takes a real spanking to get this to them. As, as soon as we talk about a spanking, uh, I'm not teaching you to do that. As soon as we talk about a spanking, all we're thinking about is, God is correcting me. God is correcting me. I done this wrong. I shouldn't do this. He was a, he was a rebuking me. He was doing this, uh, he was a try to, um, you know, just, uh, just, my word is really limited. I wish. Anyway, anyway, anyway. When we're talking about a spanking in here, it's not because they're doing wrong. The baby need a shock. The baby wanted the coming, it needed to take, take the breath into them so that the life in there can live. It's not a spanking them you do wrong. Why do you, why you, why you are so, so ugly? Why you do this? Why you, it's not that. <laughs> it's for the life to really take a hold and then start to living. That is the spanking what it's for. It's not a correcting the mistake, but it's for the life to come forth. And it can only take the striking, take the spiking, a spanking, take the smitten so that it will take a breath and then the life starts to come out. It takes a strike. It's not a correction. But a strike is for a masterpiece. So that a masterpiece can speak. The striking of it is a striking. God won't strike an imperfect one. God will strike a perfect masterpiece. Because it's a perfect. And then the Lord said, He only needed to speak now. I needed to let the life come. I needed when the trials are in the midst of all of it. It's not because you do wrong. Because you are perfect. But because you are perfect, I must give you a strike. So that in that trials, that you recognize, Lord, I am a child of a God. Lord, you made a world for me. Lord, the rapture is for me. Lord, that the body change is for me. Lord, my children is for me. That's my inheritance. It's not because you're punishing me, but Lord, because I'm a perfect, that's why the strike must come. Because the monument, the statue, need to take on life. Because it's so perfect. And the sculpture, when it was doing all of that, he said, he must speak. Because he must, he was so, so unlike me. He was so much unlike me. His character is like me. His smiling is like me. His personality is like me. He believed the word just like I believe the word. He overcomes Satan just as I overcome Satan. He do everything just like me. Then the Lord said, I must strike. And then the life come into that. And then the believer realize who he is and who she is. Then the rapture happens. 
It's that birth man. Burst into a new heaven. Burst into the new world. Burst into the new body. God said I must have given him a final strike. Let me wrap it up over here. Brother Bram said in a wide little Bethlehem. He talked about those Hebrew mothers. He said, do you know that those portion, how Joshua lost his enemy in Palestine, was given by inspiration. He said, those Hebrew mothers of those patriarchs, when a baby was coming forth and her in travailing pain, to deliver the child, she altered a very spot that those patriarchs would settle down and be at the last day. And those Hebrew mother, when they give it a birth of the twelve tribe, when the mother was in the birth pan, in the travailing, before the life was coming forth, and what is uh, in her most difficult time, and she has to utter the name of her child. In another he must apply a name or the, the quality, the essence of that child, the life that uh, will be included in that single name. And when they pronounce that name out, and that will actually go to eternity. And set her children, her child, in the exactly position that in the promised land, just by she uttering the name of it. The uttering of the name is not the one before, it's not after, it was right in between the most difficult time, the most travailing moment that she's having. And when the baby was started coming out, that she almost uttered the name of it. And then when she will, for example, that she will say, Reuben. And when she uttered the name, no matter what that child goes through, no matter how many trials, how many stumble, or whatever things that they go through, that Reuben child was in that position positionally that in the promised land to eternity. And then, when she was uttering that, but remember said each one of those Hebrew mothers giving birth to those children, she spoke the very place in her labor pens where they will be positioned, will be positioned in the promised land. He said, watch one day. He said, each, each one of those mothers, when she called out Ephraim, when she was in labor, positionally place him where his feet was set in oil, just exactly every one of them were they were at. So one those a Hebrew mother that in the in the birth pen, when she was under the inspiration, at that time she doesn't care that about. You know, oh, I'm so pain, I quit, or this and that. 
All she cared about is that a life come. That a child come forth. And she has a responsibility that in that a travail, she must utter the right word. Because if she didn't write to utter the right word, then the child, oh, because of whatever she said, it will be the position of the child that she gave a birth. And I'll say, and for the bride of Jesus Christ, for you and me, when God later let us go through seemingly like the travail or the birth pain, it's not the God that tried to punishing you, but it's the God that tried to let you to speak the right word. During this, this whole process, it's not to just, uh, when I was speak, said about speaking the right word, please put on spiritual cap. It's not just try to, you know, I verbally speak the right word. You have to understand, while she was speaking, life is coming forth. It's actually, it's the life that's already in that child through the mom's voice and that will give the position of the life. So when we're talking about speaking the right word, I'm speaking about when we are in the birth pen, in the travailing of the time, that no matter how hard, how dark, is seeming like, though you verbally might say anything, but the life inside of you speak louder than your word can say. During the trial, during the difficulty, you hold on. You're plowing through. That speak way louder than just verbally what your voice has uttered. And when you're living into, through this travail, living through this birth pen, then you heard all kind of a word, all kinds of influence from that outside. But inside of that life, that's the Lord, I still believe your word. Lord, your word to be the truth. Lord, I don't care what anybody else said, but Lord, I'm pressing it on. Lord, I believe the word in this hour. Let my life reflect over Jesus Christ. That is the louder than what is the verbal word that you have said. And when, when a mother was speaks in the name of the, for example, like Ephraim, and then the Ephraim will be exactly in the position that the mom was said. And Brother Bram said unto Joshua, not knowing this, but by the inspiration, led of the Holy Spirit after being into the promise of the land, give each man his promise exactly what the Holy Spirit promised through the birth back there. The mom hasn't saw that yet, but the mom believed. Whatever I said, he will be there. Though in the travailing time, does the mom saw it for me in his position? No. Does the mom saw that I rub him in his position? No. But because of the birth friend, the travail, that in that time, she was holding on, then the life came out, and when she said that, what she said will put that child into that position. When you are in your trial, when you are sometimes in a confusion, and don't know what to do, but you still believe, you still live the life. No matter how dark it seems like, but by the confession, by the believing in your life, Lord, I live a true life worthy for the gospel. Though I stumble, I don't care. My eyes look past of that. I'm looking at a promise of that that you promised to me. 
Lord, I didn't say my wayward children come back, but my eyes look beyond that. Lord, I believe your word said to believe unto the Lord. You and your child will be saved. You and your family will be saved. Lord, maybe I'm not in that all to be, but Lord, you promised me to have a perfect body. Lord, that you will your promise. I believe it. When you do that, Joshua put them in their worthy to be. When you believe in the travailing of a time, let your live a life worthy for the gospel. The Holy Spirit, our Joshua, will enforce whatever that you said back to that original promised land. But God let us go through this. I'm not just talking about this COVID. This is nothing. I'm talking about whatever the Satan subtly tried to infiltrate it in your personal life. He can use any kind of things. He can use the uh, most unseemingly can stumble a believer thing to stumble a believer. He can use the most unseemingly that is a, that's a little child even can understand. Then he can use that to go through the family, to go through your personal life and, and it gradually chiseled away, chiseled away, chiseled away. Then you don't see them anymore. But God looked past us that. In God's eye, he doesn't look at all of the circumstance that we thought was so tremendous or so big. What is the COVID before God? He doesn't even pay attention to this. God only paid one attention. Strike the masterpiece. That's all he was cared about. In a, in a message masterpiece, he said when it was completed, he was so inspired by it. Till he thought his own masterpiece should speak back to him. Reverend says that to me the flaw was what made it a masterpiece. Maybe to the mind that I might think different, you think that it's flawed. No, to me it made it what it was. Because of after so many years of a careful work and toil and inspiration and so forth of making it, his toil had proven not in vain. He wouldn't have done it done that if he had a thought. But he didn't think. It was the inspiration of seeing what he had in his mind sitting there perfectly before him. That's the only reason he striked at a masterpiece. That's the only reason for a believer, for the masterpiece of a God. That's the reason God is striking you. God brings things on you. God allowed the trials on you. God allowed the darkness sort of falling upon. God even allowed the influence of the Satan. It tried to buffet you, buffet you, buffet you. But that is striking is only because you are perfect image. And then he was so inspired, that sculpture. He said, he must speak. He must have a life in there. He must speak in the child. He must speak just as the Hebrew mothers utter the name of Reuben, utter the name of Ephraim, and that will literally put him in the position that in the promised land. And he do the same thing to you. 
And Brother Bremer said, a masterpiece has to be formed and a mate. He was so enthused with this masterpiece until he struck him on Calvary. Talk about a Jesus. Masterpiece is scarred because of the enthusiasm of a God to see such a masterpiece. He struck at him for us out, for us all. When God saw that a perfect masterpiece, Jesus Christ, and it's striking him so that he can be a sacrifice for you and me. Like in the book of Isaiah 53, he said, he was bruised for our iniquity. He was all wounded for our transgressions. And he was a no beauty that we cannot admire. And the people thinking he's a punisher and his team, uh, I don't have time to go into all the detail of it. But he was a, it was a, like a bloody and it was a total mass after the striking. But the brother Ramah said that God strike him because he was inspired. God is striking him because he was a enthused about his masterpiece. That a masterpiece was a, so much like in him that he must uh, strike it. And in another word, if he ever thought, he wouldn't strike him. The only reason he's striking him, because it's by inspiration. It's not by his eyesight. Though his eye saw it, but it's by the inspiration that he didn't give it even, even the thought of it. Then he strike it and said, speak. Because all he saw, all he was seeing it's for the life must have come out to speak back to him. And when God strike Jesus, and Jesus, he was a bruised, and he was to go to the Calvary, would have whipped it to like just a hamburger. But Jesus has the same vision that what God had. He kept his eye toward Jerusalem. He must be sacrificed. That's all he was taking care of. He doesn't care about, God doesn't care about the affliction that he was going through. God doesn't care about all the whipping and everything going through. Because in the Bible 53, Isaiah said, he pleased God to bruise him. In another word, it's not because God is the crew master, but God is the focus. It's by inspiration. It's not by thought. It's not by thinking of what this, what this person gonna think, what that person gonna think. What is church gonna think? What I gonna, he's only thinking one thing. He need to speak it back. He need to have a, become a sacrifice. There's a life in there that need to be coming out. He doesn't care about anything else. Anything else. It's just a light affliction. In the Bible, 2 Corinthians 4 and 15, for all things are for your sake. That abundant grace my through the thanksgiving of a many redound to the glory of a God. For which cause we fret not. But though our outward man perish. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction. Which is but for a moment. Worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. To God, affliction is nothing. Let me say this to God. Your affliction is nothing but zero. That's only a tool. 
worked for you a far more exceeding weight of glory. God was the focus. He's not just like the Hollywood has painted the picture. Oh, how sympathy it is. The Jesus was whipped. It was down on the ground. It was the blood that was spurted out of his body. And the crown that was thorn. God doesn't look at that. God said, he pleased me. Why please him? His eyes look beyond all the light affliction. He saw the sacrifice. He saw you coming. He saw the redemption plan is finished. And then that salvation goes into Jesus. And then he embraced the cross. He said, this is just a light affliction. Why? Because he saw you. You were in him. He was a stricken and then you were stricken. He was a smitten and you were smitten. And then one on the cross, it was a kneel down there. Then he said, it is finished. He pleased God. That vision dropped into Jesus. And he pleased Jesus because he saw you. Oh, covered our Bible. I pray the same vision come on you. It's a light affliction. It's nothing but a zero. God don't even look at that. Oh, he looked at it and said, it is finished. You are coming. He doesn't look at the darkness. He said, you are coming. The body changes is on the way. The rapture is on the way. The new heaven and new earth is on the way. All the rest of it is just a light affliction. You please him so much. He doesn't want you to have a pity party. He doesn't just want you to whimper. I go fishing. I go play Angry Bird. I do do this. I do that. To God, God said, I don't even look at that. I know you are coming. There's a seed that is in there. It is finished. Nothing going to stop me to fulfill my plan. Why? Because he was ensued. Ensued by what? Ensued by the environment? Ensued by your stumbling? Ensued by your weakness? Ensued by the mistake that you make? Ensues about the YouTube, what he said about us. Ensues about what other church was doing. Ensues how many COVID that he had. Ensues about this preacher got COVID, that preacher got COVID. Ensues about none. Those things are only a light affliction to work for you and me, the weight of a glory. But God don't even look at that. He focused. He says, this is my masterpiece. This is my masterpiece. Look beyond all your falling. Look beyond all your weakness. Look beyond all your, all your stumbling. Even look beyond sometimes your unbelief. God said that there's a seed that lay in there. I don't care how you think yourself is a backsided, but God said that though we believe not, yet I'm remain faithful. He was enthused because there's an image later right in there. He's been chased all the way, chased all the way. Years after years, I come to time like this. Our dad was thinking, Lord, how long? I don't know how long. The prophet has been gone, 
more than 50 some years. We're more than a hundred years over the last the church age. It's supposed to be the shortest. To us, it seems like it's so long. I say, how long? You look at the sign and around. You look at everything. The world has gone crazy. The, the, the birth pen that are going through. Then you saw the travailing of the believer. Sometimes you, sometimes the believer is a pathetic sight. To be honest. If you just look at the flesh, it's a pathetic. I even look at it and said, how can this be a masterpiece? No, not a chance. Just by the outside eyes, look at it. They can't even gather themselves up and to come church. They can't even gather themselves up. And it seems like they're so tiring. It seems like so wearing. Just a few days, a few months. You said they're going down the hill just like a, uh, like a car, like a train, no brake. They just gone wild. I was thinking, where are all the preaching done? Where are all the messages done? What has done to, what, what is all the years of a preaching done to our young people? What has happened? If just look by the eye. But when you look at it from God's eye. It seems like the outside is just affliction. This and that. It seems like the word of Jesus Christ and the ministry is going downhill. Instead of going up. It seems like the prayer of the is the ministry and it's the last stage. It's going downhill not going up. But God said this is my time to crown you. This is my time to crown the ministry of a bride of Jesus Christ. That's why he bring the strike. It seems like the weak. It seems like there's nothing to be desired on the outside. But God said it pleased me. Because there's an image inside of that. It was a forming. It's coming to life. And only take my strike so that he can speak. During this time, during this dark time, during this difficult time. Then God said, let the life come. God was enthused. He was enthused not because his eyes saw it. If justice, if he's thinking about it, just like we're thinking about it, it was never going to be done. But God was enthused because he's inspired. He saw different than what we saw. Then he saw all the affliction on the outside. Your own mistake, your own wrongdoing. He's bypassed all of that. Just like he talked to Peter, you feed my sheep. You feed my lamb. He know what is that he had to put it in Peter. And he also know what he has to put it inside of you. When God was enthused, he's striking. He looked past all the difficult, all the things that was around. He only know one thing need to be done. If God started his work, he has to finish this work. Then a musician comes. That is not a lady in our responsibility. And we try to do this. And we try to do that. All our trying. We're never going to achieve anything. But our believing. Will achieve everything. When God was enthused, 
He doesn't just want to have a church member. He doesn't just want to have a good citizen. He wanted a masterpiece. But the Bible says that in the, he talked about a Beethoven. He said he, before he achieved his masterpiece of his music sheet, he probably uh, throwed up a lot of uh, the works that he did and throwed it into the wastebasket. But eventually, he got a masterpiece for the whole world. You know how many times we find out that the people, they can only write to the certain things that's on them and then just throw it into the wastebasket. But all the one that was thrown into the wastebasket, some only just for a blessing, some only just follow the message for a little while, some only uh, just go to the church and follow for a little while, then that's all they do. And it was thrown into a wastebasket. But eventually, God will have a bride, will have a masterpiece that was go to the, that is going to the rapture. He doesn't care at all the rest of it because his eyes is focused on his masterpiece. He strike Jesus. You know, he will strike you. He will strike me. He will strike all of us. Not for punishing. Not for correction. But it's for striking us so that the life can speak. It's not our voice can speak, but our life can speak. During the hardship, during the weak time, during the weakness, during seemingly the things that doesn't go right, it seems like everything goes wrong. But God striking His masterpiece. It seems like this is the worst time to get a striking. But this is the God's time to strike his masterpiece. For you to in your difficulty, in your situation, to speak it back with your life. You know, sometimes when everything going right, going along is good. You're making progress. But do you realize when you're in the difficulty, God doesn't ask you to make progress? When you're on the river against the current, the current was so strong. It's not how much progress that you made. It's how much ground that you hold. Don't fall. Don't, don't drift in the other way. When you're in your difficulty, recognize at the time that you're living in. Then you're thinking, Lord, I didn't make any progress in my walk. It's like I'm, I'm a one, one, one into, gone into a steel. No, you're not. You're holding your ground. You're holding your belief. You're holding your faith. You believe to the Lord. This is the time that when you're going through that, you actually, when you're going, seeming like it's still, but you're still making ground. You're making progress, not by going forward. You'll hold your ground when Satan's attack is coming. And you hold your, you hold your stand without giving in, without a compromise. That is a victory. That is a stand. Shall we sing there is a fountain open in the house of David? Till 
open for every one of us is in his own house it's all by the grace of God that we're saved it's by the grace of God that we're matured you know yesterday when I was a study I was thinking about oh God what a different eyesight that our Lord have than our own eyesight what he sees about the believer what he sees about the bride of Jesus Christ. There was just something just out upon me. As a Lord, you must be enthused. You must be so inspired. And to see the attribute become a physical flesh. And to saw the physical flesh and become a born again. And to see the born again become a mature. And to see that a mature to the bride and going through the striking. It must be so enthused to the God when he look at the bride of Jesus Christ. And if we're looking at that, we're only looking at the surface of it. We're only looking at the outward. But when God look at it, he look at the desire, the groaning that his own seed that had for him. And I'm so thankful that God is not looking at my mistake and my falling. But he only, only look at the, the groaning and the, the desire that are for that inside of us. And then he know, I will provide a way for you. I will provide a way for you to going back. No matter what the world try to offer, what the world try to say. You know, the world has nothing to say about the Jesus Christ. Even you yourself don't have anything to say about yourself. Only God's word has the right to say that about you. He said, I will have a wrinkleless and spotless bride of Jesus Christ. Do you think God is going to fail? He will never going to fail. No matter how many times Satan tried to say, you're a failure, you're a failure. But God said, no, that's what you said. But my eyes is on the masterpiece. Let's just sing this again. Give me the second verse uh, if you can. And I will pull. Upon the house of my chosen one, the spirit is in.
Father, I pray, may our eyes look beyond the sin, but looking into the unseen, Lord. Look at what the God has, His eye has a look at. Lord, I'm thinking that when you look at a Jesus, that's a perfect masterpiece. But Lord, you look beyond that affliction, you look beyond the whipping, you look beyond that everything. Because you're pleased to bruise him, because there is a sacrifice he's making. Lord, I transfer that vision to Jesus Christ, and I keep his eye only toward Jerusalem, and he embraced the cross. God, I'm not praying. I know 
you have put the same vision that in your bride, Lord. So that we can look beyond, we can look past the sin, but look beyond the unsin. And look into the realm, what you have provided, what you have prepared for us. Lord, by your word, you prepared our new body, Lord. By your word, you prepared a new heaven and a new earth. Lord, by your word, you have provided the way so that we can go into Jesus Christ. Lord, we're not looking at ourselves, but we look at what you already done, Lord. Your sacrifice has made it for us. When you were stricken, Lord, we were stricken with you. Lord, when you were be whipped, when we were whipped with you. When, Lord, when you are going to the Mount of Calvary, Lord, to become a sacrifice, Lord, we are, we were inside of you. How we thank you, Lord. We're only, in this age, we only reflect what we have already been in, that inside of you. This is only the reflection what we have already been done, that as an attribute that is inside of Jesus Christ. Lord, because we were an attribute, that's why we can take the suffering. Because we were in you, that's why we can take the stricken. Because we were in you, Lord, we can take the smitten. Father, how we thank you, Lord. All we're, we're reflecting is reflecting the attributes that's already inside of the Jesus Christ. I pray that you be with your, your own children. Lord, wherever they go, you be with them. Some may be weak, some may be little small, some may be despised, some may be going through that a rough time. But Lord, that that same vision of God, of Jesus, that was put that same vision inside of the bride of Jesus Christ, so that they can look beyond the veil and look into the eternity. Look at what is God has already done. Lord, let them understand you have taken the book. That is the, you know, the, the Lamb of God has to take the book. And they give it to the seventh messenger, the seventh angel. And then by the opening of the seal, Lord, that, that the same book, the title deed, the, all the blessing, all the rights, all the privilege, all that Adam has lost, has a giving back to the bride of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we believe we are one of them. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you show to us we are the legal owner of everything. Lord, we're not afraid of what Satan tried to put forth. He's only a buffer. He's only a try to blow up, Lord. He has no rights. They have no power because all the power has been deprived. Lord, we are the legal owner of our inheritance. We're the legal owner of our health. We're the legal owner of the perfection. We're the legal owner of no fear, no condemnation. We are the legal owner of it. Lord, we're the legal owner to go into the rapture. Father, we thank you. We believe you. And we commit every one of us into your hands. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just sing. Uh, uh, I, I just want to thank you, Lord, just before we go. We have so much to thank so that we can thankful. Let's sing it together. I just want to thank you, Lord. And I just want to thank you, Lord.
I shouldn't say you should how we should be I know you're thankful you know just by listening to the message just one after one the reading one after another I'm just thinking even the title I, I remember brother Tom was saying uh, it, one time I don't know if he shared it with you but I shared it with me one time he said when he first got a message he just uh, laid a, each message book on the bed he just uh, reading the title God in simplicity oh the rapture, oh, things that are to be. I guess he probably just kissing the cover of it. You know, I, I feel that we're the same way. And anyway, I want to look at the message. I was just reading the title. I was thinking it was just a, it seemed that all the stars start to just shining out from the title of it. And I read in the message, I have to force myself to read further on. Just by the first few paragraphs, I couldn't move my eye out of it. That I was there, the Lord, I have to go on because I need to get to the, to the, to the masterpiece. I want to read it. What is the content of? Just by the few verses of it. And what a wonderful word that the Lord had to give it to us. You know, if we're just reading it, we're probably just reading too much and we pass it by. But if we pass it on, just, just, you know, go on further, go on one after another. But if we really sit down and just reading just one paragraph and sitting there, and start, start to, you know, when you're eating something, I saw some of you eating the dessert. Dessert is not, not my type of a food. I like my Chinese food. You keep your dessert. But I saw you when you eat your dessert. You just, nom, 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 nom. I was thinking sometime we need to do that to the message of this hour. 
when we started reading it's just so good it just tastes so good and why because they talk about me i don't care about you but he talk about me when i saw that masterpiece oh lord thank you i didn't see myself as a masterpiece but i'm sure glad somebody like my god said i'm a masterpiece I don't care what you said or not, but somehow the Lord said, I am the masterpiece. I'm so thankful for that. When talk about a rapture, I'm so thankful, Lord, that that is for me. It's not I try to make myself to it, but Lord, you promised that to me. And you'll never break up your promise. May the Lord be with you. I almost said shake hands. I just want to shake somebody's hand. It was just so itchy my hand. I don't want to do that. But may the Lord bless you and uh, all the blessings of God be upon the bride of Jesus Christ. And I will never forget all of you that uh, through the monitor and the streaming for the service, I'll say if there is a faithful one, there are the people that are faithful one. That they could not come into the church. They're just, their finger just not fast enough. I think Margaret is the fastest I can see. <laughs> but some of uh, you're in your living room that in your bedroom you're watching the service may the Lord bless you double portion be upon you and all the brothers and sisters in the United States in the camp and in their home I remember I think about some of the name I'm just thinking about them now. yesterday sorry it was taking a few minutes here I was thinking about the brothers and sisters in the States I marked it down their name I'm thinking about a brother Caldwell and a sister Caldwell and I marked down a sister Sammy King's name in there. And then I was thinking about a sister Ruth Frederick, Brother Tom Frey, Brother Jonathan Frey, Brother Nathaniel Frey, and the twin boys. One was got and Brother Mary. And I was thinking about all these brothers, a precious, precious brother, Brother Ryan, Brother Derek, and some of the brothers, some brother, I couldn't even call the name because I, I forgot about the name. But your, your face, your personality, I will never forget it. I believe a God will never forget him. Just be faithful. That's all God asked the steward to do. What is to do? What's he ask a steward? To be faithful. Be faithful to the end. We'll endure to the end. Though the world is getting darker, the world is getting crazier, but a bride of Jesus Christ just become more shinier, brighter than ever. May the Lord bless you. And until we meet it again, and this afternoon at the Monday Baker camp at 4 o'clock, they have a service that whoever registered and reserved for the seat, you're welcome to come and to worship and to listen to the word together. May the Lord bless you. And just uh, say to each other the best thing you can say, God bless you. And speak a little louder because you can't shake hands. But may the Lord be with you.